This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 29th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The White House Budget Office has revised its forecast for future growth downward. But how much do these estimates even matter for long-term forecasts of entitlement programs? Are growth estimates reliable or even useful? Jagadish Gokhale, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and author of the book Social Security, A Fresh Look at Policy Alternatives, comments. Well, I think neither the CBO nor OMB uh, would say that their their estimates uh, are bad. <laughs> uh, in general, I think both of them have fairly capable staff of making projections, and they have a good command over the data that goes into making these estimates, and they have their differences of opinion. The only difference, one important difference between the OMB uh, budget projections uh, is that they are post-policy projections, meaning they incorporate the proposed policies of the president. And because of that, there may be some uh, issue about how those policies would affect growth going forward. So they may build in some policy impact of growth. And since policies generally would be designed to improve growth, maybe that explains part of why OMB estimates on economic growth and other economic assumptions are somewhat more, tend to be somewhat more optimistic than the CPOs. But uh, I would say it's difficult to pin down the exact reasons for why the estimates differ. Growth matters for so many different reasons. Uh, on the in the area of entitlement programs, what does a growth estimate do to the pe- the models that people have for various entitlement programs? You would think, okay, well, growth is lower. Maybe uh, employment numbers aren't quite what they ought to be. There's less contributions to the the plan, but the Social Security uh, outlays continue to grow. Right. I've actually studied this in depth for Social Security. And generally, the argument for Social Security is that faster wage growth, in particular, will improve Social Security's finances. Part of the reason people think that is because they have the normal budget projection window is only 75 years. It's not doesn't go throughout the future, which means the revenues that come in during the next 75 years uh, get counted, but the obligations those rev- those taxes create beyond 75 years don't get counted. So if you uh, think growth is going to be faster, then revenue growth in the short term within the budget window would be f- faster and we'd get more revenues. That would tend to improve the program's uh, financial outlook. But the obligations that fall beyond the budget window would also rise, but they wouldn't be counted. And so that's the reason for a truncated projection horizon providing some sort of a bias towards more optimistic effects of faster growth on the program's financial status. What assumptions do the people who design the models for these programs' future finances include the program's effects on future growth? I think of late there has been some effort to model the feedback effects of these programs, not just entitlement programs, but generally all kinds of government initiatives on things like uh, 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 education expenditures, uh, the impact of 
the uh, stimulus packages that the government is, uh, has engaged in a few times now, uh, that, that's going to improve growth. But I think now the consensus is that those stimulus packages didn't really work so well. In general, there is an, there is an effort. However, analysts, I think, realize that this exercise can be carried only so far, and, and its results are relatively uncertain. And there is also no consensus in the uh, academic uh, and budget practitioner community as to what uh, data or what empirical basis there should be to calibrate the models going forward. There's a wide divergence about the right calibrations to incorporate in these feedback effects of uh, uh, Social Security, Medicare, all the other budget programs would have on the economy overall. So because of the uncertainty, people generally shy away from emphasizing these feedback effects. Uh, very So mostly budget projections are conducted on a static basis, which is minimizing these feedback effects going forward. But assuming no change to various programs, you have Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security claiming not just a huge share of the federal budget, but a huge and growing share of GDP. So what is the, what is the public uh, response to, to statements that, well, th- this is without change, these have to have huge impacts on the ability of the U.S. economy to grow. That's absolutely right. In fact, that is currently a hot topic for debate regarding what to do going forward. There are two alternatives. One, we have a sluggish economy, and there's high unemployment. So one side uh, on this debate is arguing that we need another stimulus package in order to uh, pull the economy out of its funk Uh, and we should not emphasize uh, uh, debt and deficit reduction, even if it's over the long term right now, because uh, if we launch on that, that's going to dampen uh, the economy even more. So they say, don't worry about the long term, just focus on short-term stimulus, However, on the other side, the argument is that if you continue down the path of pr- providing additional uh, stimulus uh, and government spending to try to pull the economy out, the previous stimulus packages that were enacted haven't worked very well. I think there's a consensus that they haven't actually provided the fill up, given the fill-up to the economy that was expected. And according to some analysts, they've utterly failed. They have produced uh, no impact. In fact, unemployment... Uh, rates were expected to be stabilized around 8% when the first initial stimulus packages were uh, implemented, uh, but they have risen well beyond that. It's now close to 10%. Uh, so given the failure of those early stimulus packages, I think there is increasing recognition of the fact that the stimulus, uh, short-term stimulus uh, approach is not going to work. In fact, quite the opposite. If you focus on the long term, and resolve the policy uncertainty generated by these long-term exploding debts and deficits because of the imbalances in Social Security and Medicare and these programs. If you can somehow resolve those programs imbalances, that will reduce the uncertainty 
about future policies, future tax rates, future spending levels that the government would engage in, that is currently probably weighing down the market participants and investment activity in the economy. People are unwilling to lend, unwilling to invest in the economy because they don't know what's going to happen to taxes in the future, how these policies are going to resolve these shortfalls, whether the government can eventually uh, make good on its promises to uh, pay these benefits, but beyond that, even to uh, uh, pay the uh, contractual obligations of the government in terms of uh, uh, its outstanding treasury debt. So because of this uncertainty, I think there's a lot of hesitation on the part of market participants and private investors. And so the consequence of that is the economy may continue to remain in a funk despite these short-term stimulus packages that the government might enact if the long-term uncertainty continues to remain and, in fact, increase in the future. So I think there is serious reconsideration among uh, some important policymakers. I think the European, uh, ex-European governor of the European Central Bank just came out today voicing concern about rising debt and deficit levels in Europe and has called for uh, spending retrenchment and a res resolution of, the, of those future in, uh, entitlement imbalances in both Europe and the U.S. So, in short, a credible commitment now to fiscal austerity across a, across entitlement programs can firm up the foundation for entrepreneurship in the United States going forward. Well, I think you know, there is a lot there is a big risk in uh, no matter which way you lean. So there's you can it's difficult to say for sure exactly what would happen in response to any particular policy course that you might recommend. There's a lot of uncertainty associated because we've never encountered this kind of a situation before with such steeply increasing imbalances on account of our social insurance programs. So this is the first time we are confronting this problem. And so if we try to tackle it in a particular way, uh, what the consequences of that would be is very difficult to predict. However, uh, we've tried the short-term stimuluses now, and they haven't worked so well. So uh, it's probably worth trying the other alternative, which is, settle the long-term imbalances, announce, pre-announce right now the extent to which those entitlement imbalances will be closed through uh, government expenditure reductions versus tax increases. If we settle on a policy path that is sustainable and stable, that's something worth trying because uh, the other thing hasn't worked. Jagadish Gokhale is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and author of the book Social Security, A Fresh Look at Policy Alternatives. You can get your copy at Cato.org.